Hello everyone, welcome to The Totally Well Show. I'm your host, Joyce Strong. The Totally Well Show is a place where we get curious, ask questions, and explore everything to do with health, wellness, fitness, and all the things it takes to help you live the highest quality, most fulfilling life. Um, I wanted to reach out to you to ask if you would uh, consider sponsorship here for The Totally Well Show or all the shows here at the Groton Channel. It really helps us a lot take care of you know, keeping the lights on and getting our um, the people who put the shows together, making sure that they get paid and um, all the uh, equipment that we need. So it's really helpful and it also helps you. So reach out to the Groton Channel, www.thegrottenchannel.org or get in touch with me and we'll let you know how you can do that. So I have a, uh, a, a guest I've been dying to get on the show, Dr. Michael Lovich. Mm -hmm. Hi, Dr. Lovich. How are you doing? I'm good. And Dr. Lovich is from Delta S Performance, www.deltasperformance. And how else do people reach out to you? So you can go to our website. It's actually how we prefer people to reach out to us. Okay. Um, just because we are a very small operation. We, when you call us up, you get, you get a doctor. You don't get a call service or anything like that. Whoa. So just to help us with the volume and the flow, we ask that you reach out through our website and at the bottom of each of the office pages. Mm -hmm. Just if you want, have, want more information, just fill it in, send us an email that way, or mm -hmm. you can email us at boston at deltasperformance.com. Okay, and what else, do you also have social media? We do have social media. We're on Facebook, mm -hmm. at Delta S Performance, and we're on Instagram, at Delta S Performance. Easy peasy. So you are a chiropractor mm -hmm. and a functional neurologist. That's yep. a, a credential on top of that? Yes. So I like to call myself a chiropractic functional neurologist. Got the reason it. why is because functional neurology is this multidisciplinary field that any healthcare practitioner can do, or mm -hmm. I would say any... Uh, Diagnostic healthcare practitioner can do because there needs to be a physical exam involved and diagnostic ability. Okay. Uh, so I say I'm a chiropractic functional neurologist because I'm a chiropractor who do that additional training. Got it. So uh, what a what that training is? It's a three-year post doctorate mm -hmm. where you learn about clinical neuroscience mm -hmm. and you learn not only about neurology and uh, and how to exam for that because that's basically you learn in chiropractic school and medical school. Mm -hmm. But you also learn not just is it working or is it not working, you learn how well is it working. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times when you're dealing with the brain, the most common symptoms that people have coming in associated with most conditions are neurologically related issues like fatigue, headache, dizziness, just kind of don't feel right. A lot of vague neurological conditions that uh, it's kind of hard to classify sometimes. And so if you go and you just start classifying them, you usually end up with some sort of a psychological diagnosis. And I'm not saying that's inappropriate or not, but I'm just saying that's not the whole picture because then we have to look at the brain itself. Mm -hmm. So one of the questions that we usually get is what is the difference between us and a medical neurologist? Mm -hmm. uh, I probably shouldn't hit the microphone. That's probably a bad idea, <laughs> right? <laughs> so the, the difference, it's not that you'd go to one or the other, Okay. there is a recommended process to go through. So the most common condition we see in our office is concussion or post-concussion syndrome. Okay. If you have a concussion and you think that it's potentially life-threatening, you should be in the emergency department. From there, the ER doc will send you to your PCP or to your neurologist and you should take their advice and you should go if, they're, if they think it's important. Mm -hmm. Once you get to them, 
And they say that there's nothing potentially life-threatening. There's nothing big, bad, or ugly that needs to be taken care of. See how you do. That's where we come in. Mm -hmm. Because we look at all this, a very similar examination. In our office, we do a neuro exam, a bedside neuro exam that all healthcare practitioners, any doctor, doctorate so level. So very would do. similar to if you have had a medical doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The bedside exam that they would do, checking reflexes, doing mm -hmm. cranial nerve exam, like so, checking pupils, checking, making sure everything works. Yeah. We would do the same exam. Yep. We also do. Uh, it's called station, gait, and coordination. Mm -hmm. So station is balance. Mm -hmm. Gait is your ability to walk. Coordination is your ability to have muscle coordination and be able to perform a task when asked to do so. Mm -hmm. And we'd also check uh, gross motor movement. We check. We also do a structural examination too, because right in the British Journal of Sports Medicine, they talk about how important it is to check the cervical spine or the neck mm -hmm. for any sort of structural changes following a concussion. Mm -hmm. So we got to check those as well. Okay. And the whole idea is that manipulating. Manipulating is a therapy. Okay. If indicated, we can do that. However, what's more important... When you say important, examine it, what does that Yeah. Well, what's more important than giving a therapy is diagnostic measures. Okay. So how well are the joints moving? Okay. What is the tissue tone like? Mm -hmm. Is there any sort of areas that are more painful when they shouldn't be? Mm-hmm. Does it, what does it look like? And so just to be clear then, this is in your office with your hands as opposed to um, uh, um, an imaging modal Correct. modality. Okay. So, you, so there is no imaging available at the time of this recording that, ha that, uh, that you can see concussion on. Mm -hmm. In order to diagnose concussion, you need to do a five-part exam. You need to evaluate and you need to, and it's a clinical impression. It's a diagnostic impression from an expert. And what we're looking at, let's say we're just taking about, talking about that structural piece with the neck. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that there, A, is no structural damage to the neck, especially in a traumatic concussion. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that it's not part of the issue because sometimes feedback from the neck can change and create symptoms. Uh, there's a known uh, connection between the upper neck and then it gets tight and it can project headaches or the sensation of headaches to the front over here, to the temples, or just sitting right over here. Mm -hmm. And sometimes patients will, they'll, go, they'll get a concussion, they'll go to the appropriate doctor, doctor will be like, you're fine, your concussion is probably okay, and then a couple weeks later, then they just start getting headaches. Is that due to the concussion or is it a standalone issue? It's hard to tell, mm -hmm. but is it possible? Not, not necessarily probable, but is it possible that those headaches are actually just secondary, or just effects of the concussion that have now been diagnosed as a separate issue? Very, very, it's very possible. Mm -hmm. And so in our office, we're trying to be as thorough as possible mm -hmm. with the patient's full picture of health. If they have headaches, if they have dizziness, if they have nausea, if they have vertiginous dizziness as opposed to lightheadedness dizziness. Mm -hmm. And by being thorough and comprehensive in our approach for figuring out what's wrong, then we're able to do a, an even better job of fixing the problem or hopefully improving the problem mm -hmm. because we've taken the time to look not only at can we do the therapies that we do in the office, but we are, we've looked at everything else so we know, hey, maybe you need to get acupuncture. 
Maybe you need this uh, more physical therapy modality. Maybe you need a cognitive approach, maybe like CBT mm -hmm. or something like that. And by just but the most important thing is by doing this evaluation nice and thorough, then we have a chance to say what is the most appropriate for the patient as opposed to is the treatment I want to do appropriate for the patient. Mm. That's what we try to do. Yeah, wow. That sounds very thorough. How long does it take when to you, for you to do that thorough of an exam to, just to get started? Our, exam are, our intake exams are 90 minutes. Okay. And our intake paperwork takes about an hour to do, and we send it out ahead of time for wow. that reason. Yeah. So you're talking about an hour of the patient's time beforehand, uh, so approximately 30 minutes to an hour beforehand of our time to read through that and make sure that we're not missing anything and send out other paperwork if it's indicated. Mm -hmm. And then 90 minutes to do the exam mm -hmm. and then the follow-up and documentation to make sure that we have all the important uh, pieces written down mm -hmm. for communication because we like to communicate with the rest of the healthcare team. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the main things. We get asked, are we an alternative to the, a neuro for, a, for like a medical neurologist, we are not an alternative. Mm -hmm. We're adjunctive to them okay. because they're trained and they are very appropriate, especially ones that are trained in concussion. They're really good at what they do. We just look at it from a different approach that is complementary. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So one of the things that you and I have talked about because of what I do with working with people with nutrition is the... Um, the impact that nutrition can have, or the the uh, how how the way a person has been eating pre-concussion, mm -hmm. or when they have a concussion and they're healing, the impact that adjusting their nutrition can have. Can you talk to me a little bit about your thoughts on that? Sure. So yeah. nutrition is a huge piece. Yeah. And let's put it together like this. Let's paint the picture. So. What is a concussion? What does a concussion look like? If you go to the CDC Heads Up, which is a free resource that I think everybody should go to. And you know, as a hockey coach, I've been there and done that. Yeah, they have a specific <laughs> program for coaches. Yeah. They have a specific program for patients. They have a specific program for the parents of patients yeah. and for practitioners. Yeah. And I was just giving a talk yesterday at the Delaware Chiropractic Society Annual Convention, and I said, hey, if any chiropractor in this room even wants to touch a patient that has a concussion, mm -hmm. they should have their CDC heads up number so we know that they know the basics mm -hmm. uh, because there's a, there's a lack of TBI trained practitioners across all fields of medicine, mm -hmm. not just in, in the chiropractic profession, which I get to speak to. But, mm -hmm. And we just, it's not about who doesn't know, it's about let's just get everybody to know. Yeah. It's knowledge that everyone should have. But, okay, so you get this concussion, and when you go to that, when you go to CZ, CDC Heads Up, they show the video of the head moving forward and back. And then they show the video of the head moving side to side. And they get the overlaid image of the brain mm -hmm. going side to side, forward, back. And when the brain touches the front of the skull, it lights up. And when the brain touches the back of the skull, it lights up. So while that's the mechanism of injury, that's not necessarily where the majority of the damage is. It's not, a dam it's not solely located on the outsides of the brain. What actually happens is when you have your brain, and let's say this is the brain stem, mm -hmm. when you have that forward and back motion, mm -hmm. most of the forces and the most damaging forces are tensile forces and rotational forces, mm -hmm. shear forces. Mm -hmm. Most of the shear forces from the brain 
is going to be in the deep middle areas, like the brainstem, mm -hmm. like the subcortical areas, like the basal ganglia, mm -hmm. thalamus, uh, hypothalamus, uh, pituitary gland. Talk about hormonal changes. The thalamus, hypothalamus, pituitary gland. Yeah, I'm pathway. thinking, wow, this is affecting a lot of systems when you start thinking about it like that. Right? Yeah. And then, but let's think about it from the outside. Mm -hmm. What actually happens? Is it really much stress unless it actually comes in contact with the outside? This is why you can get, and this is why I think the CTE Center down at BU is so awesome for what the work they're doing because they're showing that football players, just by just from doing the action, not necessarily even taking the hit, just from colliding with each other, mm -hmm. you can create subconcussive trauma. Mm -hmm. And over long term, it's sort of like, imagine if you're just scratching an itch over and over, over and, and over that, and over. I was over. just talking about my friend there who played in the, in the NFL, and he said he's at least had a thousand concussions where he wasn't knocked out. Right. And, <laughs> and that's actually a misnomer because loss of consciousness doesn't mean you had a concussion. It just means it's probably worse than it than a mild one. Mm -hmm. But the idea that we want to get through is that if you're getting this itch scratched over and over and over, even these small hits that you don't really feel, mm -hmm. it could be creating an inflammatory change in the brain. So when I want everybody watching this video, when they think concussion, I want them to think of stretching and twisting neurons uh, diffuse or randomly or spread out throughout mm -hmm. the brain where it's not a one area of the brain that's really damaged, where it's a lot of little areas damaged, and the accumulation of all those little areas, parts of circuits that work together, mm -hmm. now creates uh, dysfunction in a system. Now, I have a question. When that damage happens, are those neurons damaged forever? Is this now an opportunity for the brain to rebuild and work around? So, yes. It's always an opportunity for the brain to rebuild and work around. So if the cell is stretched, and it may create a local inflammatory response, but if it didn't break, mm -hmm. and it didn't undergo, um, it didn't, if it didn't go undergo degenerative changes because of breaking or being too damaged beyond repair, then it could come back into function. Okay, so it depends on how severe that damage is in each of those little exactly. pockets. Exactly. Yeah. And how severe the damage comes down to, or how severe the damage persists long-term, can come down to nutrition and the overall health of the brain. Okay, That's why, why? it's so important. But why? Oh, you just got excited there. <laughs> so the general idea is, when think of a concussion as like a wildfire in the brain. It's an inflammatory response in the brain. Mm -hmm. If you've already reached post-concussion syndrome, like you've had, your, you've had your hit, and then two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, a year later, you have these persistent symptoms of a, of a condition that can be associated with a concussion. And if you want to know what other symptoms can be associated with concussion, go to the SCAT-5. Mm -hmm. In that, they have something called the subjective symptom evaluation. Mm -hmm. And you just read down the list and see if any of your symptoms match that and say, hey, I had a car accident in the past. And that's when it's all kind of started afterwards. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you're thinking about this brain, as a inflammatory wildfire, how do you put out a fire? I have another question. Oh, sorry, we'll, we'll get back to this, okay. Don't, don't lose your train of thought, but why does the brain get inflamed in the first place? Like, what's adaptive about that to begin with? I would assume maybe it's trying to So do the brain something? can be inflamed for a number of reasons. Mm -hmm. It can be inflamed due to poor health to begin with. 
So it might have already been inflamed. Might have already been inflamed. It can be inflamed due to an, an acquired brain injury, mm -hmm. like a viral load, mm -hmm. like Epstein-Barr virus, okay. like Lyme disease, mm -hmm. like PANS. Mm -hmm. It could have been uh, inflamed due to an, an environmental toxicity, mm -hmm. like a mold or a heavy metal. Mm -hmm. It could be inflamed due to a poor diet, mm -hmm. eating crap. Like, what if a person was totally healthy and got a concussion and the brain gets inflamed from the trauma? So totally healthy by itself is subjective. Yeah, well. <laughs> and genetics play a huge part into it as well. Yeah. But then you can also get a traumatic brain injury, mm -hmm. right? So let's say that they had like a slip and fall mm -hmm. or they were in a car accident and then they just got their head just kind of moving back, a little bit of whiplash, but they're like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm probably fine. If you've had one in the past and then you have another one afterwards, that can be classified somewhat as second impact syndrome, mm -hmm. which you've had an inflammatory response due to the traumatic incident. Was there enough time for that to heal or was it for that inflammatory response to come back under control before you hit the next hit? That could be something to think about. The other thing is, what if you get this hit, you create the steering and the stretch, you get that damage, automatically you're gonna have an immune response come in to clear out the garbage, right? To clean it up. It's because you're not going to have like just a frayed neuron sitting there the rest of your life. So there is a, there is a reason the body does this to try to help in the oh, beginning. inflammation is good. But if it lingers, that's what... Uncontrolled inflammation is less good. Yeah. Okay. So, and it's funny because I was talking with a health coach recently about the importance of uh, eating a food and the food had pro-inflammatory components and she was educated that inflammation causes disease and I I mean you can just go right on Google Scholar or PubMed and find 10 papers easily that show how inflammation is what causes memories to happen mm -hmm. so inflammation is good uncontrolled inflammation not so good okay so that's why a lot of the therapies we do in our office especially from a nutritional standpoint are designed to control inflammation to help modulate it not shut it off okay so when it's important. That's a really an important concept that I don't, I haven't heard many people say because I'm always I'm like the body just doesn't do things randomly. It does. Here's the thing: we got to respect the brain yeah. for what it is. We got to yeah. respect the body for what it is. It's yeah. complex. Yeah. It's chaotic. Yeah. It is very organized and ordered. If you get down to the really small level, but if you look at it as a as a like a macro size, then you're gonna look at it and be like, this is a complex system working together. We got to. Respect it for what it is. We can't go in and with an all-or-nothing approach of mm. this is always this way, yeah. or this is never that way, yeah. or you have to have, or um, this this is a bad thing, so we have to shut off the bad thing. The bad thing can't be good in the right situation. Right. And there's a reason why you've evolved to have an immune response because it's important. Right. So the general idea is why do we have this wildfire going on in the brain? Because your body's trying to clear out the garbage. Because garbage is created because you have broken neurons there. It wants to recycle the proteins from those neurons so they can use it in other neurons or other cells or other parts of the body. Mm -hmm. And then it has to clean that out, package it, put it together, and then send it where it needs to go. Otherwise, if it just sits there, what does that usually turn into? What? Tau protein, mm -hmm. ah. beta amyloid plaque, yeah. alpha synuclein. Yeah. And what are those associated with? So that's, well, with Alzheimer's and with... 
So uh, it's, and I've heard of uh, somebody talk about that as like dropping napalm to kind of keep certain that's a, areas alive. <laughs> that's a good, uh, that's a good analogy. So from my approach and what we try to do is we try to help control that inflammatory response mm -hmm. so we can do the job that it needs to do mm -hmm. without creating too much damage in other areas. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to nutrition, so, the, so, let's, so let's take a step back, big picture. So we want to put out this wildfire. How do you, what's the first thing you do? You choke off the fuel source. Mm -hmm. You try to prevent whatever is continuing the fire to grow and be strong from helping it. Mm -hmm. So you want to contain the fire. The next step is to extinguish the fire, right? You dump the water on it. You do what you need to do to put it out. We use, uh, we use uh, a therapeutic or we use nutritional supplements mm -hmm. that have been shown in the literature to help modulate some of the pro-inflammatory cytokines. So the signal molecule, so mm -hmm. like the little signal that says, hey, do the inflammation, we try to help modulate or control or regulate the amount of signals that happen. Mm -hmm. And then you want to rebuild. Because mm -hmm. if you do all the supplements in the world and you do all the, you know, if you do all the supplements in the world and you're like, okay, well, we put out the fire, now your body's healthy because you're taking nat all natural supplements. Mm -hmm. Not so fast because there is no supplement that you can take to grow a neuron in the appropriate place. The same way there's no supplement you can take to directly make your bicep bigger and nothing else. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> we have to think of it of, from a neuroplastic standpoint of mm -hmm. a, if you do it more, more protein will be attributed to the neurons that were used. Mm -hmm. And they will get bigger and stronger, able to handle more stress, and then they can be more efficient as well. Mm -hmm. And we want to build efficiency in the areas of the brain that may be struggling a little bit from the concussion. Mm -hmm. So what, what's nice about that, though, is it means that people, can, people have this power that they can actually improve their brain. You don't have to do it through a mind-body medicine approach, because I know... A lot of patients, if they're unable to use that approach, they think like they start to lose hope. Um, there's even, it was, there's even a, a paper I read recently that showed that the people who use a mind-body medicine approach, the positive thoughts approach, or the minute they're not thinking positive thoughts, everything goes to crap. Mm -hmm. So the, the idea is maybe it's not so much about always being in a positive and never in a negative, but creating regulation and keep moving forward. So what we're trying to do in, from our approach is we want to use nutrition to help stabilize the environment. So you want to eat an anti-inflammatory diet. Mm -hmm. You want to cut out all the processed foods. You want to, and even in some cases, you don't want like uh, food coloring. You'll see some people are sensitive to that. We'll run blood labs for food sensitivities. We'll check for celiac. We'll check, but not only celiac, but there are a bunch of other areas in the brain that gluten can react with mm -hmm. that wouldn't show up on a celiac test, but it's the exact same mechanism as celiac, but instead of happening in your colon, it's happening in your brain. Right. Uh, but we can blood test for that. That's the other thing. We don't have to say, do this and see if it works. Mm -hmm. So nutrition is so important. <laughs> well, it, I, and my approach really ha it's, is often depends to it depends on the person, but really getting a good history of what the person already knows and mm -hmm. finding out because you know, they'll come in with oh I've done this I've done that so you really get a good feel right b before you even proceed on, and then 
depending on a lot of this, these tests can be expensive. And right. so depending on their overall picture, because everything matters. Like you said, it's it, stress, sleep, all those things. So I try not to add more of a burden on them by saying, exactly. well, you need to do all of this and making it seem so mandatory. There's more than one way to get to it. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I really loved about you and when I spoke with, with your associate, uh, Dr. Kofasi, is, is how personalized your approach is. You, it's not one size fits all. No, it can't be. Yeah. It can't be. Every concussion is different. So what we have to do is we have to figure out what's going on with them. Now, we're not going to handle the, some of the psychological aspect, but we're going to get them to somebody who can handle that. Mm-hmm. We're going to use an order of operations that we think are low risk, high reward to start mm-hmm. and work with that. So we'll work with, in our office, we do vestibular rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. We do visual rehabilitation. We'll work with the structural component as well. So these are act- activities that happen in your presence at yes. your office, okay. Things that we're looking at. It's not just, here's your exercise, we're gonna watch you do your exercise. It's, okay. we, are help- we are passively performing the exercise with you to rewire or re- um, to recalibrate some of the reflexes mm-hmm. that are deep inside the brain that might have been either damaged, mm-hmm. dysregulated, or just become a little less accurate than they need to be to prevent symptoms from happening. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I, I don't know that I fully appreciated that you, with your exam and this thorough approach, how you can really say, ah, I think it's this part of the brain, and then your activities are targeted that way. It mm-hmm. sounds very precise. And when you do this often enough, and you see enough patients, you'll see if there's a con- if there's something else going on. Yeah. Where hey, we'll be seeing somebody who had a concussion. They'll be like, you know what? Based on what we're seeing, you, we probably need to run a thyroid panel. Mm-hmm. Or we need to check iron. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that we're not missing things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to be as thorough as possible because that's, that's the game of the game. Is It's the brain. It's complex. Mm-hmm. We need to check a lot of things. <laughs> and and it, again, it may, may have been something prior to or maybe something that a lot of people don't understand that the... The gut and the brain have a connection and that your metabolism can be disrupted, right? When you're talking about things happening all through the brain and in the center of the brain, I'm like, oh, that's why they're nauseous. It's a gut-brain axis. That means, think of it as a circle. Yeah. You can hop on any part of the circle and affect other areas. Mm -hmm. It's not, it doesn't always start in the gut. Mm -hmm. Same way it doesn't always start in the brain. But you have to be able to look at everything and not just one part and have like a, what I would call a holistic approach, which is actually looking at the whole, all the systems, right. as opposed to, I just looked at the whole body right from this far away. Yeah. That yeah, looks good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're almost out of time, believe it or not. I told you it would go quick. fast, yeah. So I like to ask my guests, um, personally, what mm-hmm. top three things does it take for you, Dr. Lovich, to be totally well? So the first thing comes down to the whole mindset is, like I was saying before, it's not so much about thinking positive thoughts, it's about just continuously moving forward. We didn't even get to talk about what delta S means. Yeah. Entropy. Do we have enough time for that? Yeah. Okay, so entropy is the second law of thermodynamics. It means that left alone, everything goes to a state of more randomness or more disorder. Think of like a bedroom. Mm -hmm. Unless you actively clean it and keep it organized, it's going to get messy sooner or later. If you think about your health, your health is always going to get worse unless you actively take a role in making it better. Mm. And so it's not so much about 
thoughts, it's about actions. Yeah. It's about what are you doing. And sometimes when you're dealing with some of these neurotransmitters, like motivation, dopamine, mm -hmm. sometimes it's easier just to get out of your own way and be like, you know what, I'm just going to go for a walk today. I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. I'm not going to make this a big deal. I'm going to make it a tiny deal. Just do it. I always say action beats planning. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then you do it once and then you can plan and be like, you know what, that wasn't so bad. What's the next thing I can just try? Yeah. yeah. So that's the first thing. Keep moving forward. Yeah. The second thing is try to eat right. I'm not the best eater in the world. I'm a, I'm a good eater. Yeah. But I don't eat the right foods all the time. Yeah. Uh, so the idea is try to eat the right foods. If you eat the wrong food, okay, get back on it. Keep moving forward. Yeah. But if you're at a restaurant, don't make diet this huge thing. Make yeah. it, hey, if you're at a restaurant and you usually get a burger and fries, get a burger and side salad. Just yeah. be like, this time I'm just going to get the salad. I'm going to cut one thing out. Instead of trying to eat, stick to these ridiculous diets or these fad diets, and then you got this motivational coach yelling in your ear, be like, you can do it, awesome. And I'm just like, <laughs> settle down. Let, let me handle this. Yeah. And the third piece, I mean, diet and exercise, right? Isn't that what everybody should be doing? Well, it's different Finest. things for different people. So, you know, what's... I would say exercise, yeah. find something you enjoy and yeah. continuously work at getting better at it. Yeah. Whether that's a sport exercise or a crossword puzzle exercise, Sudoku or a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. Exercise for the brain is just as important as for the body. If you start reading exercise physiology textbooks, you'll realize that the six, first 60% of any new skill, if you're learning how to do a new exercise, is all neurological connections yeah. and has very little muscle memory involved. Wow. Well, we're going to have to do a whole brain series with you because 28 minutes is not enough. <laughs> I'm happy anytime. Thank you. I'll chat anytime you want. Thank you so much for, um, for coming out to visit to Groton, and um, maybe someday I'll make it out to Colorado. Yeah. I'd be, be happy to show you around and show you the, um, be happy to have you shadow some patients as well. Oh, wow. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm.